You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, hey friends, it is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Women Inspiring Women podcast, and I'm excited that you are back because this week we are going to have a conversation around this anti-hustle culture that is taking the world by storm right now. And I'm going to first explain why I chose that as today's episode before I break it down and talk about the reality and how this can actually have a negative effect on your business. If we kind of let it, you know, take us over and we sort of become engulfed in it. And anyway, so I was, I was scrolling social and I consume lots of content from other creators and other influencers out there. And I was really starting to notice that there was this like shift in message. There was this shift to like, I only do things that bring me joy. I, you know, don't no hustle, anti-hustle, right? The hustle is bad and working hard, like, you know, sacrifice is bad and we should only be doing things that bring us joy, that make us happy, right? And we shouldn't put the pressure on ourselves. And so the messaging was like all of that. There was nothing, no talk whatsoever lately about work, like the work it actually takes. And so I started to think, yeah, I agree. You should sometimes turn it off. You should have intentional times within your week and even within your day where you say, I am not working. I am not accessible. I am not going to respond to messages. I am going to leave my device in the other room, password protected, and I'm going to go miniature golfing and I'm going to take a nap or we're going to cook a great dinner together and have a quality conversation go for a bike ride, right? I, I believe in that. I find that when I create space and time for purposeful rest, I am actually more creative. I'm more excited to come back to work. When I burn the candle at both ends, I, I suffer. My family suffers because I'm, I'm irritable. I'm tired. I don't have any creativity. So my content isn't really good. The way I'm presenting is not, you know, at its, its best that it could possibly be. And so I find that I need rest in order to be recharged. But also when I show up and I am working, I'm working you know, even though I'm doing my family Fridays and I'm taking Fridays off, I am Monday through Thursday. I am cranking out the work. I'm working from a to-do list. I'm using my time blocker. I'm making sure that I'm setting healthy boundaries with my team, with my, with my organization, with my customers. Right. And so I, we've kind of gotten away from talking about the fact that we still have to work. We can't just be this all fun, no pressure. I don't want to push myself. I don't want to have, you know, those demands placed on me. I'm only going to do what's fun and easy and, and just like, doesn't feel too difficult. And Anytime we swing the pendulum too far in the wrong direction, whether it's hustling and no rest or it's all fun, you know, and no work, we're going to run into 
some major challenges. And the challenges I foresee are that as a culture, we've stopped setting the bar. We've stopped saying, you know, you've got to achieve. It's like everybody gets a raise, right? It's not, there's no longer performance metrics. Everybody passes the class, right? Because we feel bad. We've just been through COVID. And while I get that, we have financially and economically gone through a very challenging time. If we just start, stop saying, like, if we begin to say, it's okay, you don't have to work. Like, just come on in. Like, we'll keep paying you or, you know, eventually we're going to lose that, that work ethic. And eventually companies are going to stop producing great service because nobody is really motivated to do a great job because they're getting paid anyways. And so now here we are in, in 2022, and I'm starting to see that the people who in 2020 were like on fire in their direct sales business, right? We were home. We had nothing to do but work our business. And listen, and especially in Beachbody, I don't know about all direct sales companies, but we're it's at home fitness. So we thrived because people needed community. People needed an outlet for stress and we were providing that. And so company-wide it exploded and lots of other companies really exploded during that time, right? People had more time and energy to focus on building their online businesses. And then when the pandemic didn't end in 2021, it became this like exhaustion of, I am just, I'm tired. I thought things would be different. And so people really rode the wave of 2020 and there was lots of success, but people started going back to work. And so also people started going back to work, but their kids were still home and things were still really weird and we still couldn't really travel. And, you know, we weren't really living a quote unquote normal life. And so everybody got tired. And when we got tired, we stopped doing the things we did in 2020 to generate that momentum and that success. And so by the end of 2021, we were starting to see the beginnings of, of the wheels starting to come off for people's businesses, right? And so what happened is there was the decline. And then there was this whole, like, I need to start doing things that make me happy, the anti-hustle, the that sort of culture. And people just sort of took a step back. And now in 2022, we're beginning to really feel, really feel the effects of the past two years and what they've done on our mindset, on our work ethic, on our businesses, on our bottom line. And so here we are today. And I almost want to like red blinking light, flashing signs, right? Sirens say, hold up. We have got to course correct this. We are moving too far in the direction of you don't have to push yourself. You don't have to achieve goals. You don't have to be accountable to your business anymore, right? And so that is going to put us in a great financial difficulty if we don't start as leaders holding ourselves, our organizations, and the people we support to a higher standard. Okay. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, I love to do research and I've been talking about the book leaders eat last by Simon Sinek for the last few podcast episodes, but I want to just 
I want to just tell this story and I may have told it on a previous podcast episode, but I'm going to tell it again, where a lot of this thinking, this generational thinking in relation to COVID sort of came from is as I was reading that book, Simon Sinek was talking about generations. He was actually talking about how my, my grandparents, they grew up, they were born into the great depression. They were born into the great depression. They were raised during that time. It was a time where it was literally the worst economic times. And by the time they were of age to start going into the workforce, um, they were drafted and sent off to war because World War II started. And so the depression ended, but then we had the war. And literally because our country was smaller, right? There were about 133 million people, but 16 million 12% of the U.S. population went off to war during that time. And so it wasn't something that like a war that you just saw on TV. It was a war that was like part of everybody's lives. You knew somebody that was going off to war. And if you if you weren't going to war, you were working to help, you know, create materials and supplies to send off to the war. If you weren't work, you were buying these war bonds to help support and fund the actual war. And so it became this, this sort of, it banned people together. Women worked, right? Men worked. There was this sense of contribution, no matter whether you're fighting the war, you were working to fund it and create supplies for it. There just was this feeling of service. It was we, nobody complained, nobody pointed fingers, the whole country came together. You know, Americans just felt like they were part of something bigger than just themselves. And so then when that war was won, the men came home to parties. And everybody shared that sense of accomplishment, not just the soldiers, but the people who were working back here in the U.S. to be able to support all of those efforts. And so then you know, our grandparents decided, you know, now is the time for me to start living my life. You know, I've grew up in the great depression. I went off to war and now I want to make something for myself. I want to work. And so, you know, people went into positions and they worked there. They retired. It was like, you know, our culture was service and loyalty and you stayed at a job until you got your gold watch. And so our grandparents' generation, it was service, it was loyalty, but guess what generation came next? It was the baby boomer generation. And it came right after World War II ended. There were literally 3.4 million babies that were born by 1946, which is nuts. It's like a 40% growth in the population. And so there was this huge rise in prosperity and affluence and, and parents were giving their kids lives that they couldn't. And so the boomers rebelled and they were all about like free spirit, live the good life, individualism, right? And so what happened was when the boomers became aged to go into the workforce, they were selfish. Everything was about them. And trust was really eroded. And the grandparents' generation was like, what is going on, right? This was the first time that layoffs were actually introduced into companies. It was more about a number on a spreadsheet than it was about the person. That generation, the boomer generation, became more about their own happiness and well-being than those around them. And so that really, as I was listening to that, I was like, wow, we are actually going through a generational shift right now. And we 
have to stand up and say, no, 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 I am, we are not going to do this. We are not going to have a victim mindset. We are not going to have a, you know, poor work ethic. Like we have to remember if we want to create lives for our family, if we want to have freedom, if we want to have opportunity, we have got to be, we've got to get gritty. We've got to be willing to do the work, but we have to do it with integrity. We have to do it with authenticity. And yes, we absolutely should do it with boundaries and balance too. So that's where we're at today. And I think it's great that, you know, COVID has made us become very introspective. It's really made us ask ourselves, you know, okay, what do I want my life to look like? Like how am I out of sync in any certain areas? Is there ways that I can actually rebalance to create more, more of a work life sort of symbiotic sort of feeling. Right. And so we're really figuring out what we stand for and what makes us happy. And I think that's totally fine. But again, if we take that too far to an extreme and we aren't doing the right work, we're going to actually cause ourselves a disservice in the long run. First few things I want to do is really talk about, you know, baseline. Where are you at in your business right now? Where are you at in your business? So, you know, as I'm listening to this, have you let your foot off the gas? Are you prioritizing your direct sales business right now? Or have you found yourself sort of being more lax? Like you're sometimes doing your income producing activities. Maybe you just are sort of going through the motions. You know, you post on social media, you talk to a few people online, you like kind of sort of reach out, you follow up with current customers, but you're not really doing anything to grow. You're really just staying in your comfort zone. And maybe you've even started to not hit the monthly benchmarks in your business that the company has set for you. Maybe you're not signing the minimum amount of new customers that's recommended. Maybe you're, you know, you're starting to kind of decrease the op, you know, the times that you actually share about the opportunity. You're not actually recruiting or you're just signing up people that want a great discount. They're just raving fans and they just want to be a part of your community, but they don't really want to build a business. And so, you know, you're starting to kind of see this decline because you haven't added anybody in, in six months, seven months, a year to your business is actually building, which means your income is slowly declining. Cause as other people culturally start to also take in this, like, I don't want to work hard. I don't want to challenge myself. Right. I just want to have fun. Now you're starting to see it erode away at your actual business. Another benchmark for you to sort of say to yourself as a baseline is, are you setting goals for yourself? Not just average goals, but what, when is the last time you set a big goal where you said, I'm going to go for it, whether it's an income or a rank or a volume or a new opportunity, have you set any goals lately? When's the last time you reviewed your business and where you wanted to be? Even on media, are you just going through the motions and you're just like posting to post? You're not really, you're just kind of saying to yourself, like, I'm just going to throw this picture up so that I can check that off the box. You find yourself also starting to say, nothing's working. Social media has changed. The business has changed, right? It's harder to build a business right now than it was before, right? Social media makes it harder. If, if you answered to those questions that I'm asking, if you started to shake your head saying, yeah, th- some of those things are me, some of those things are me, well, guess what? You're getting a little bit complacent. You're getting swallowed up right now. 
And you have to look in the mirror and you have to say like, this is my business. This is my business. And I can't point the finger at anybody else. I got to take a look at the mirror and I have to say, where do I need to give myself a gut check? Where have I gotten soft? Where have I stopped doing the things that got me to where I am in the first place? Now, I'm not saying that you have to go back the other way and you have to hustle and you have to grind. And I'm also not saying that you have to do things the way you did when you first built your business. Because let's face it, if you've been around for a while, I've been around for 11 years in the direct sales industry. I don't build my business the same way today as I did 11 years ago. It's changed. My approach has changed. Media has changed. Marketing has changed. The way we interact has changed. And so I have to be aware of that. And so one of the big things, if you are a seasoned individual in sales, you have to understand that you're going to have to be an old dog that is willing to learn new tricks. You have to. That is one of the things for me that I really said to myself was, I'm not going to be that girl that just folds up her hands and says, you know what? Business isn't the way that it used to be. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be the person that says social media changed. I don't want to create reels or I don't want to go live or I don't want to do stories. So I'm just not going to do it and then blame external circumstances for my lack of success. So here I am in 2022, 11 years in saying to myself, all right, Melanie, you have to learn some new ways of doing the things that you have done that were successful in the past. You've got to relook at it through a different lens. And I'm willing to do that because at the end of the day, I look around at the business that I have created and how hard I have worked to get to where I am today. And I think to myself, I will never walk away from what I have built. I will never throw in the towel because number one, I have an incredible community. We have incredible leaders. We have incredible products. There is this ability to take, you know, indirect sales, to take the products and the, and the programs and the compensation plan and say, I can spin this any way I want. If I want to be on TikTok, if I want to be on Facebook, if I want to be on Instagram, if I want to do everything through email marketing, if I want to just build my business face-to-face, you get the skeleton of the business. Now you get to build it the way that you want. And if you decide it's not working for you right now, you also also have the freedom to say, I'm going to try something new and I'm going to test this out because to me, that's fun. I want to troubleshoot. I want to figure it out. I am not going to be, and I don't want you to be the kind of person that starts surrounding yourself with the complainers. It's just like if you were, you know, you said to yourself, like, I want a new car. And you said, I, you know, I really like the look of the new Jeep Wranglers. And so you go and you look at a Jeep Wrangler and you test drive it and it's amazing. And nobody else has that car. And you're like, I need this car. It's unique. It's different. And then all of a sudden you're driving home from the dealership and everybody else, you start to see Jeep Wranglers everywhere you turn. And so what happens because you're now aware of the Jeep Wranglers, you see them everywhere. And it's the same thing in business. If you are bringing to light all of the things that are wrong with direct sales and all of the things that are wrong with the business, you are going to find more people that commiserate with you. You're going to find more people that tell you you are right. But the minute you start surrounding yourself with people that say, I've got a problem. These are the solutions that I'm searching out. The more you surround yourself with people who are like, I see that there are some roadblocks let's put our heads together and make it work. Or here's what's working for me. Uh, That 
is what you want to be focusing on. So what, where are you at? Are you focusing on the negative? Are you focusing on the positive? Because we need to make sure that whatever we focus on, we understand we will always, that law of magnitude, we will always get more of it. So now what do we need to do? Because I don't want to just leave you with, we established a baseline. I was all preachy about how we need anti-hustle, but like, what do we do? What are the action steps that we need to take Maybe it's you need to do them yourself. Maybe you actually need to call your team to action and do this with them. So the first thing that we need to do, and I have eight things on my list, eight things that we're going to cover. The first thing is we need to evaluate what is not working that was actually working in the past. And I'm going to use the example of social media for us all today, because that is something that when I look at the phases of my business, you know, one of the things people say to me all the time is uh, social media. It's just, I feel like I get the hang of it and it changes, or I can't figure it out. And so everybody wants social media to literally be the same forever, but it's never going to be that way. In 2011, I posted on Facebook three or four times a day. I blogged four times a week. And that took a lot of time. I mean, three or four Facebook posts a day. And then on top of that, a blog post that took me at least 45 minutes to an hour to write. I mean, that took a lot of time. And so people complain about reels and how much time it takes. Listen, I think we're better off today than we were back then, but that's beside the point. But I could post on Facebook. I could share my blog links and I would get great traffic to my account. But all of a sudden, Facebook started to shift. They didn't want people going to external links. They made it harder for you to get visibility when you shared a blog post, right? So we started sharing it in the comments and not putting links in the actual caption. But you know what? I really do think Facebook is their algorithm has changed even more because now those posts don't even do really well. And so, you know, social media has evolved and then we've added in Instagram and then Instagram and Facebook stories and video and live video. And now it's Instagram. Instagram reels that are the big thing, right? And obviously TikTok. And so we went from Instagram being, you know, Insta worthy. You could only share photos and everything looked like it was a magazine cover and it was super curated to heck. The only thing that really gets engagement right now are reels. And we are turning into a video platform. And I literally have two choices. I can sit back and say, well, that's not the way I built my business. I built it off of IGTV and static photos and curated content. Or I can say, hold up. The data is telling me. It is smacking me right in the face when I look at my insights. And it says, if you are making Instagram reels, you are not going to get reach. And so... I am saying to myself, Instagram reels, it is Melanie. Everything that I used to do as a static photo is now becoming a reel. Why? Because I understand that that worked for me at one point, but it no longer serves me. And I now need to become aware of what does and I need to change with the times or I am literally the old dog that's getting phased out because I'm not willing to learn the new tricks. So reels is where it's at guys. So are you creating reels? Are you daily creating Instagram reels for your Instagram? Obviously Facebook is different, but Instagram, if that's the platform of choice, are you niching down in your media? So yes, we used to be able to talk about faith, family, fitness, fun, right? And we used to talk about all our multi-passionate sort of, you know, everything that we love, but listen, we have to make sure that we have a stance 
on why we do what we do. And when people come to our accounts, especially on Instagram, Facebook, I feel like we can still be a little multi-passionate and that's okay. But on Instagram, it doesn't actually slide as well. We have to niche it down, right? If you are, if you are in the health and wellness industry, what's your stance on health and wellness? Why would I want to follow you? And the example I gave to my team, you know, the other night was, listen, my stance on health and wellness is anti-inflammatory. I right now, today, June 25th, 2022, if I were to say, help, what's my stance on health and wellness? It is literally, I take care of myself because I don't want to be chronically fatigued. I don't want to be irritable. I don't want to have headaches. I don't want to have acne. I move my body because it makes me a better entrepreneur. I feel more confident when I exercise, right? And if I, if you're going to talk about my stance every day, I'm going to show up and I'm going to talk about the kinds of foods I'm eating to keep my inflammation down. I'm going to talk about my hormones and how I regulate them. I'm going to talk about exercise and not throwing my cortisol out of whack. And so guess what? Women that have the same problems are going to start following me. And that's going to be the core thing I talk about. And when you visit my stories, you're going to see all the other things I'm passionate about, the books that I'm reading, the things I'm doing with my family, where you can, we can work together, but I got to get them to my page. And that means I got to be a little more dialed in. Doesn't mean I can't talk about the outliers, but I really need to dial it in a little bit more. Okay. So I can still love business and I can talk about my anti-inflammatory journey, but also talk about as a business owner, as a business coach, and as a mentor, one of the things when we work together is I am going to teach you how to make your health a priority. So that's how I bring it in. That's how I bring my stance on business into my stance on the health and wellness or skincare, whatever it is that I do. Okay. So you have to evaluate what is not working. Are your sneak peeks not working? Are your emails not working? So you need to identify what it is and then you can't stay stuck. Like me, I actually went out and I figured out how to make a change. I didn't just sit here and say my Instagram isn't doing well or I'm not getting as much of a reach. I started to do research. I started to go find articles and read and find some data and come up with a game plan for how I was going to approach my business differently. I need you to do the same. You have to be willing to create change. Number two, you have to have a high value opt-in. This is something that I believe that, you know, a lot of times people don't, they don't want to be sold to in every post. They just don't. Every post cannot be about what you sell. We need to offer value, which means we need to get people on our list. And getting people on our list means that you give them something for free and it's got to be highly valuable. So if I am going to do a opt-in, it is going to be simple steps to starting your anti-inflammatory journey. And in my stories, I am going to talk about that. And I am going to say, listen, if you follow me here and you're just getting started on your anti-inflammatory journey, I want to you know, invite you to download my, my free guide. It's super simple steps. It's my favorite supplements. It's my favorite you know, recipes, it'll help you get started. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking people that are interested in the journey and I'm now giving them more value in exchange for their email list. So I'm building my list and then behind the scenes, I'm nurturing them. I'm nurturing them through a series of emails I'm sending out. So I'm growing my list, right? And I'm making sure that I'm taking my interested people off the platform and into the emails where I can then eventually offer more things to those people. So you got to grow your list. If you're not doing that, you need to. And if you're a leader listening to this right now and you're like, I really need 
your brain, Melanie, on this. This is something I teach in my leadership mastermind. It's it's a it's a mentorship. It's a six month program. I'm actually getting ready to start it on July 6th. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh God, I need mentorship. I need guidance. I need to give my business sort of like a quick start. You need to go to the link in my in my show notes and fill out the application so I can reach out to you. So that is one of the weeks that we talk about. All right, side going back. The next one, number three, if you're if you've been on cruise control, if if when I was going through the baseline part where I was asking you those questions and you were like, oh yeah, I've absolutely slowed my role, the most immediate thing that you can do is action. And that is sitting down with your calendar and saying, okay, this is when I'm showing up for my business. This is when, if I have to hire a babysitter or a college kid to come over and watch my kids, like I'm going to do it. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to Grant Cardone 10X role on Audible. And I am going to connect with people. I'm going to invite people. I'm going to create content that really adds value and brings them back to my page. And you know what? I'm going to be really smart about my work. And I'm not going to say, oh, it's Monday and the sun is out and the kids want to go to the pool. I am going to say, listen, kids, I am going to sit down for the next three hours and I'm going to crush out work. And then after those three hours are done, we're going to go to the pool, but I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to be accountable to my business. And you know what? If I don't get it all done before the pool, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it when I get back. And I might have to put in some extra hours because I understand that I've got to be gritty, that I have to be willing to get back in there and send those invites. I have to be willing to do those follow-ups. I have to be willing to do those, you know, those calls to action. People aren't just going to come to me. And if I need to restart a cold engine, I've got to be willing to do the gritty work. All right. There are periods of life where we are going to feel imbalanced. It might be on a daily basis. It might be on a weekly basis. Now, give you an example. I know that Fridays are my family Friday. And I will tell you, Monday through Thursday, I work incredibly hard, incredibly hard. My kids have a schedule that that hangs on my office door and they see, okay, mom's in meetings, you know, from one, two, three o'clock. She'll be done at 4:30. And they know that. And they know. That my work means that we can take a vacation. My work means I can pay for their baseball equipment or the new shoes they want as the basketball season starts, but I can't have both and they can't have both. They can't have a mom that's on demand and a mom that's being able to create the income. And so because they're old enough, I set some healthy boundaries there. But I know that I just can't, everything just can't be 24 seven fun. I've got to be able to provide for the family. And that means when my boys were little, I hired a sitter or I was staying up early or I was getting up early or staying up late at night, but I was 10 Xing. I wasn't showing up and watching, you know, everybody's reels and everybody else's stories and scrolling social media and online shopping during my working hours. I was getting to work. All right. So that's the, that's the third. The fourth is, listen, maybe we need to get back in person. You know, we've been doing these online events for so long now. And so we've sort of got, we're getting tired of them. What about getting together in community? What about setting up in-person workshops or, you know, group workouts or weekend getaways with your team? It is time for people to get back together. If we don't feel that human connection and as leaders, if we aren't speaking vision and belief and painting the picture of where we're going and what the work looks like, we're just going to keep bleeding out. And so I feel like we need to get to events. And as leaders, you need to host them. As people in the field, you need to go to them. 
If you're not going to annual conference, if you aren't qualifying for rewards trips, if you aren't working towards the next, you know, event that you can qualify for, you need to get it in high gear and make a plan for that now. The fifth one is we've got to have this business owner mindset, not a hobbyist mindset. When it's fun, when it's easy, when things are going great, everything is great. But when you need to really show up, when push comes to shove, when it's the end of the month and you haven't met your goal yet, you don't check out. You don't say, oh, I'll get it in July, right? June was hard. Kids were ending school. We went on vacation. I wasn't as consistent. And it's the five days left in the month. Listen, if you are a real business owner that wants to grow a real business, you will spend the last few days of the month doing the work because you have a business owner mindset. Because at the end of the day, you understand that if I don't work hard and achieve the goal, I'm giving myself an out. And then it's going to happen again next month. You're going to find more excuses and your business is not going to grow. We can't keep playing small. We can't keep saying, it's okay. You don't have to hit your customer goal. It's okay that you didn't recruit this month. I'm just glad you showed up on the team calls. No, we have got to be willing to do the work. All right, you guys. We've got to create a sense of urgency again. I think it's so important that we aren't just saying, it's okay, whenever you want to get to your goal, you can. We start giving people deadlines. We start doing pushes again. We start working. We start raising the bar. We start telling our teams like what they are capable of and holding them to a higher standard and saying like, this is the expectation and what I believe is possible for you. Let's go. Let's make a plan of action. We need to create that sense of urgency. And you know what? At the end of the day, we sometimes have to hustle again. And I'm going to tell you a funny story because last week, actually, this will be two weeks ago when I tell you this story, um, I was, I was walked out to the living room and and my husband was sitting on the couch and we were just talking about business. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, you know, what are you going to, I was having some issues and he's like, what are you going to do about it? You're going to have to like get to work again. And I looked at him and I was like, what do you mean? What am I going to do about it? I was like, you, why don't you do something about it? I've been doing something about it for 11 years. You know, like I'm tired. I don't want to do it. Like you do it, you do something about it. And so I sort of like stomped off to bed and I shut the door. And the next morning I walk out and Matt just sort of looked at me and he was like, Oh, you okay. And I was like, what do you mean? I'd actually forgotten what it was that I was so angry about the night before. And it was just because I needed a minute. It was because I needed a minute to actually process, okay, you've, you've been, you've been really having some success. You know, things have been going really, really well. And the, the signs, the warning signs are are here. Like you need to grind again. You aren't, you're just not in retirement. That doesn't matter how long you've been working in a business. Sometimes you got to turn it up and you got to lean in and you have to be innovative and creative. You just can't let it go on cruise control. And so even though I was, my first reaction was, I don't want to do it, I immediately jumped into action. I opened up a Google doc and I wrote a list of ideas down of things we could implement. And I pulled my leaders together and we thought of all of these great ideas that we're going to implement, right? And we started to think about new ways to do things. And the energy and momentum in like a week and a half is mind blowing, you guys. Like literally when you think outside of the box and you take your head out of the hole, you can come up with some really cool ideas. And so I said to my husband, all right, I'm getting my running shoes on. I understand. It's go time and I am ready for it. It's time to be intentional. It's time to make sure I'm distanced from the negativity and I'm going to go. 
There are a lot of things that are right in front of us. There are annual conferences, there are reward trips to be had, there are end of year benchmarks to work towards, there are leadership events to go to, and, and there are new products and programs coming out. And it's time. It is time. It is time to turn the pendulum in the other direction. It is never going to be easy. I'm going to tell you that as a leader, your job is always going to challenge you. It's going to be a roller coaster. Sometimes you're going to be riding high and you're going to be making, making money and customers are coming in and you're going to hit peaks and then you're going to hit valleys. And there's going to be low seasons where you feel like you're preaching to the choir and nobody's listening and people are leaving. And it's part of business ownership. And I get to work with lots of leaders across lots of different industries. And I am here to tell you that the entrepreneur roller coaster doesn't change when you change companies. It doesn't change as you get older or as your team grows or as you have more people to lead. It is still exactly the same. But we can be smarter because we're smarter. We have more years and experience under our belt. So let's be willing to hustle let's do it in pockets. Let's be smart about it. Maybe the hustle looks different. You're a little smarter now. You understand marketing a little better. What's the work going to look like? For me, it's really important that I'm making decisions that are smart, that I'm making decisions that I'm using my time wisely. I'm delegating when I can. I'm hiring when I need to. I'm not waiting until I'm in over my head. So where are you at? Are you the old dog that's not willing to learn new tricks? Are you right on the cusp of a breakthrough and you just know you just need to grind it out a little bit more? I'm telling you, business direct sales is one of the most incredible opportunities. And if it wasn't for my experience in direct sales, I wouldn't be here sharing this advice with all of you today. I have been on this roller coaster of ups and downs many of times, but I can tell you, Right now, people are looking for leaders. They're looking for people to show them what to do, to pave the way, to take action so they can watch. And I need you to step up and be the leader that you would want to follow. So you guys, I hope that today's episode inspired you to get gritty with it. But I also want you to do it in a joy-filled way, a way that brings you excitement, that way that gets you jazzed and totally fired up. And if you are craving a community of positivity of other leaders who are also getting gritty with it too, I'm going to invite you one more time into the Leadership Mastermind. It kicks off July 6th. We can connect in there. I will mentor you for the next six months, you guys. Two calls a month, 90 minutes. We have an active WhatsApp chat with all the members. It is capped off at 15 people. So if you are thinking about it, literally this is the last week to do it. We will kick off on July 6th, and I would love to have you in there. So it's application only. I will drop the link in the show notes. You can apply, and I will I will get back to you as soon as possible with whether or not I feel like it would be a good fit for you, and we can continue working together. And it doesn't just have to be over the podcast. It can actually be on a Zoom chat twice a month. All right, you guys, I hope you loved this episode. And if you did, make sure you tag me on Instagram at Melanie Mitro. Let me know what you loved about the episode. Share it with your organizations. Share it on your social. Let people know that this is a great podcast if you want leadership and motivational and tactical, practical advice to help you grow and scale a top performing team in direct sales. All right, you guys, have a great week and I will see you soon.